the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is I on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of I on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're here with our superstar attorney, our real estate attorney, uh, Stephen Ebert, and so much to talk about. So much is going on in the world, and not so such a good time. But people are still buying real estate, so um, I know that you have a lot of advice, and we try to give you as much advice as we can. But, Stephen, from a legal uh, point of view, how important is planning your closing, like when you actually close on the house, not when you go to contract? Hey, good morning, Dottie. And, you know, you couldn't have picked a better question to ask, given what's going on in the world right now. You know, I was listening earlier, and you and Ace were rightfully talking about movements in the financial markets and how this can impact um, your mortgage rate. While in the process, you know, people have different stressors and different things they're focusing in on. But at the end of the day, after the closing, when you start getting those monthly mortgage statements, that's really the payment that you live with. And making sure that your broker, your attorney, and your mortgage loan officer are all on the same page and plan accordingly is absolutely critical. Because what happens is one of the things when you apply for a mortgage is you're going to get and find out that there's a series of things that expire on certain dates. And one of them is the mortgage interest rate lock. And what that fundamentally means is that if you don't close by that date, your interest rate is not guaranteed. And I'll tell you, Dottie, there's even more issues besides even the money that could really be of concern. Um, if you look at your commitment letter that you get, and people right. should definitely look very closely at it, and the attorney should discuss the letter with the, with the buyer, is it says... This bank is going to give you a loan to this person to buy this property. And then in the back, it says subject to whatever are the fulfilled exceptions to happen in the back. So number one, if you don't close on time, your payment may not be what you think it is, or you're going to have to pay an extension fee. But wait, there's something even scarier that's in there. What all these commitment letters will say, if your rate goes above a certain amount, the bank doesn't have to do the loan. So let's unpack this a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. could you? So in other yeah, words... Yeah, absolutely. If, 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 you, if, you quali- you know, if they give you a rate of, let's say, 4.5%, 4.3%, whatever, and they give you a commitment letter, there's something in there that would 
might say that they don't, if the rates go up, they don't have to honor that? How does that work? Yeah, so let me, yeah, let me, and let me unpack this. So let's, let's take a step back to explain it. So let's say you're talking to your mortgage professional and right. you say, you know what, today's rate, I want a 30-year fixed. Oh, it's 4%. I'll take that. Great. Then tucked away in the letter. And they're not hiding it. It's right, it's right there, but you got to read it, right? People just sometimes don't read it or the attorneys don't get a copy or fully read it. And what it will say is, provided that the rate is, let's say, lower than four and a quarter or four and three eighths, you're okay. But if it goes above that amount, the bank will review the underwriting and has no obligation to do the loan. So let's just say, and here's sort of the horror show scenario for a second, and I'll give some facts and I'll I'll break that down even further. You lock it in at 4%. You thought you were going to close in 60 days. Turns out a month into the transaction, seller has a title issue and it takes them a couple of months to clear it, which they might be entitled to. So now all of a sudden you're about 90 days out. Then all of a sudden... The seller says, okay, now I'm sort of ready to close. We can talk about a date. Then it turns out interest rates jump to 4.5%. You've missed your rate lock, so the bank doesn't have to um, go with that. And the bank says, look, in your commitment letter, it goes above 4 and 3.8%. We don't have to do the loan. And you're a first-time home buyer, and you are right on the edge of qualifying. Now, because the rate is higher, your monthly payment is higher and your debt to income, your payments don't meet our guidelines. We're so sorry we can't do the loan. And if you really want to go one extra level, you know, the buyer thought, oh, this is terrible. I'm losing my home. Wait a minute. They could even lose their contract deposit. Get out of here. No, wait. Now that's the question. Because, you know, somebody just emailed a, a question and their their question was, do you get your money your earnest money back if you can't get a mortgage now like you know after you make an offer on a house and it's accepted and you put down you know a down payment what i mean how does this all work well here here is the problem and here's sort of the fine print you know Dottie, it's like the rules of grammar yeah here's your rule but you got to look at all the exceptions to the rule you know when people hear oh i have a mortgage contingency in the contract i'm covered Sort of. If you look in the fine print, there are certain conditions and scenarios where you're not covered. But here's the other thing. You could almost relabel, and we, we almost have to rebrand what that means. Instead of calling it a mortgage contingency, you, what it's really a more accurate label is a mortgage commitment letter contingency. If you look at it closely, it generally says that um, once you have your commitment letter from the bank, which is a contract, then um, after that, your deal goes firm and except in certain circumstances, and maybe the scenario I talked about could qualify, um, might, but if, if, um, if except in certain circumstances, then if you can't get the loan, if it, the bank doesn't fund the loan, then that's on you, not the seller's problem. Wait. Because at some point, okay. the deal has to go firm. Yeah. Well, let me say this. If you... A mortgage contingency means that you, if you don't get a mortgage, you're not being stuck paying the loan. You know, you're not stuck. You, you don't lose your down payment, and you can get out of the deal. You're saying that there's exceptions to that. It's not a 100% bulletproof coverage. 
let me ask, let me turn the question around because I know we think about it and say, but the buyer should get the benefit of their bargain. They thought that was the deal. But let me ask you a question, Dottie. Do you think you're in contract, let's say for three months, right? Right. And now the seller has moved out and they put, they signed a contract to buy a new home. Do you think on the counterpoint, is it fair that the morning of the closing, the buyer calls up the seller? I got a problem with my bank. They're not going to do my loan. I want to cancel. I want to get my deposit back. So sorry, seller, you lost three months. So sorry that you lost prime selling season. So sorry. Now you have a problem with your purchase contract, right? The seller is in an incredibly yeah, horrible no, it's position. Not unfair to, it's unfair to the seller. I mean, I, I, I understand. I mean, it's unfair to the seller. I mean, but I, but but again, I mean, if you you know, I've heard of this, and I don't want to accuse people of doing it. But let me ask you: Let's just say that you know, different banks have different kinds of loans, right, and different interest rates. Let's just say that you could get a mortgage, but you go to a bank and you try to go for a loan that you you get rejected on. Would, would people be able to find that out? Like, if you changed your mind? Well, you got so there's a lot of gr- great rules in this area. So number one, um, if the seller attorney is really doing their job, and look, and this is why the state you're buying residential real estate makes a big difference because who's involved, the role of attorneys or title companies are very, very different. But what they should always ask for is what's called a declination letter. It's a letter from the lender that the buyer applied to saying, you've been turned down for the loan. And they also say, why? Is it because of bad credit? Is it because it's a problem with the real estate asset? There's a whole laundry list of items, right, that's in there. And as a seller attorney, if somebody says, I've been turned down, I want that signed letter. I don't want to just have a text message from somebody. Take their word. In other words, if I just said, listen, Steve, I can't buy your house. I'm really sorry, but I just got turned down. I just can't get a mortgage. Your attorney, the uh, a good, and that's why you need a real estate attorney. You absolutely need a real estate attorney. Uh, the attorneys will say, "Well, okay, fine, we feel, but let let me see that letter in writing." Absolutely, and you got to make sure they applied for the right kind of product, right? What if, for yeah, example, that's what I'm saying. The, yeah, the, the, the what it, what and the he right amount. Be- let's say the more. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying the same thing I think you're going to say. I think we're saying the same thing. What if you apply for a mortgage that's like much a higher rate when you could get a lower rate? Let's say you go for a 15-year yeah, mortgage. Exactly. Or what if the loan amount's wrong, right? What if what if the contingency right. is for 75% financing apply for 80? You're not protected. Or one of the things that I always like to put in my contract, which is not in a lot of the form contracts, is the buyer tells me for the type of loan. Right, it's a lot easier to be approved for a primary residence loan than an investor loan. And what if you find out that in the contract, I want to know, is this going to be your new primary or an investment? Because I'll have a serious conversation with my seller and say, look, turns out that your buyer is really buying this to to rent it out as an investment loan. It's a lot harder to get 80% financing as an investor than a primary residence. You know, the banks typically want to drop at 75, 70%. And so and people you don't, don't want to, you don't want to, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and then people sometimes use that to renegotiate, right? 
you know, the, the presumption yeah. in, in society is that if a buyer tries to get a loan, they can't get it. They get their money back because the buyer really tried. But a lot of times people aren't thinking of the cost to the seller. So, you know, we got to be very careful with mortgage contingencies. The details really matter. But also, we got to really talk about how this works in a closing date. Because right now, if sophisticated buyers who are having attorneys who really focus in on this, they can use the closing date and understanding the mortgage rate environment we are in as pressure points to sort of get what they want from the other side. And right, what I right. mean by this is that if I know as a seller attorney that the buyer has a 60-day rate lock, and after that it's going to cost them money to extend, and we have a closing in the contract that's sort of 60 days, but I can push that out a month, I know that if they, if they do their walkthrough and they bring up an issue that let's say, oh, the kitchen sink doesn't work right, it's a $200 repair, the seller attorney could say, even though under the contract they might be required to fix it, say, I'm not closing today. You want me to fix this? I'm not going to do that. And the buyer's in a terrible position of either giving up on something that they had a right to in the contract or getting reimbursed the $200 repair but recognizing it might cost them $2,000 to keep the rate lock alive as an extension fee. So it's very, very wow. important that buyers and sellers really have strategic people, not, not people who just sort of look at the, the base words and say, wait a minute, what does this really mean? And making sure you don't go to a loan officer that just automatically locks you in, that they really consult the attorney because we need to build in for delays and, and what might happen. And this is a tough time because oh, so rates are fluctuating a bit. I know. I, I, it's, it's, it's really a, a tough time. You know, nobody really knows what's going on. The world is kind of in flux. So what, if, you, if you had to give people advice, what, what, would you, what would your best advice be or some of the, the things that you think people make mistakes on? Or or even uh, sellers, I tell sellers, look, don't look at the price so much. Look at the financing too. A absolutely, because you're one, you're living with the payment. So first off, on the buyer side, recognize and have a lawyer and a, and a loan officer that deals with the local market. And I'll give you a great example. Right, let's say you're buying a co-op. If you dial yeah. the toll-free one eight hundred get a mortgage line for most banks. They'll offer you, let's say, like a 60-day rate lock. But if you talk to someone who's experienced in the local market, a seasoned mortgage professional, a lot of banks will give you 90 days, and, and some will even do a 120-day rate lock. Well, that could make all the difference in the world in keeping your rate, because even if you have a 60-day close, by the time you get the board approval and schedule, it might be more like a 90-day process. By taking that right. one step you could really save yourself a lot of money and, and save your rate. Um, the other thing is there's so many moving parts and it's sort of running and waiting simultaneously when you're buying real estate. And there's a lot of pressure in the beginning to lock the rate, particularly in the market in, we're in right now. But make well, sure they're, you have they're the accepting. conversation. Yeah. Right. And make sure you get a real estate attorney. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you, you know, do that because, and really chart out the timeline and chart out where it can go long or short on that timeline. Right now, we're in an environment 
where you really need to be cognizant of the timeline and also feel out the other side. Like if I know that, let's say, for example, a seller has school-age kids, right, and we have like a middle of May closing date, I know right. that they're going to push that into June because they're going to want to have their kids finish out the school year, right? You got to really look beyond the contract. And I would warn my buyer, I said, I know they're signing a contract. I know it says May and we're not closing in May. And they're going to say, how do you know? But, I said, look, it's not because I'm a prophet. I'm reading between the lines. I know my, the seller has kids in school and school ends in June. They're going to do everything possible to bump this into June. So plan your rate lock accordingly. That's the kind of way you have to look at these contracts. You don't run into a problem. But wouldn't you say that most contracts say on or about a date, which gives you leeway 30 days before or 30 days after? Like when the, when the number in the contract it usually says on or about, let's just say, on or about May 10th, okay? And that means that you could close before that or after that. I mean, you don't have to, unless it has time of the essence, I, I don't know if the people really realize that. Yes, yeah, so if, you're absolutely when, right. If the parties are in agreement, you can close whenever you want. Now, what matters is when they're in disagreement. And this is where right. the jurisdiction really matters. So in a typical New York contract, you're absolutely right. It's generally about 30 days. But keep in mind, that's also New York. In Connecticut, in New Jersey, for example, it's a much shorter timeline. It's really more about 10 days, two weeks, um, depending upon the jurisdiction. And that's also really important because, remember, there are sometimes we have clients who are in contracts in different states, right? You might have somebody who sells a Manhattan co-op and moves to the suburbs in Connecticut. And the timelines and the amount of wiggle room that somebody has in one state versus the other state could be different. And that's where also the squeeze can be really put on the client. So you got to be very careful also when you're doing deals in different states at the same time. Right, because people don't realize the laws are different in every state. So then you would have to, you know, get an attorney in the state that you're buying something in? Well, you got to be careful. It depends. Like for, you know, I'm licensed in multiple jurisdictions. So we work with right, multiple, so not every state, but a number of states. So we're aware of that. But whoever you're working with, whether you're using the same attorney for both, if you can or, or not, what you need to make sure is that the attorneys are talking. Because I've seen this happen so many times where you could have a great contract, but it doesn't fit with your other deal. And so you got to make sure that those attorneys who are managing the different deals are in communication as well. So that way, what you care about is not just your one deal. You care about your whole series of transactions to make sure they're all coordinated together. you got to be a conductor Please. sometimes, right? you got to make sure the music flows. I need to ask you a question because I've seen it happen. It screwed up so many times where one attorney, like, doesn't – you know, doesn't like really get on it. And like, it's like, the, you know, the person is, is, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. And the attorney for the buyer is not quick or it could be for the seller. But if it's for the buyer, a lot of times then the seller takes somebody else. It's so, a problem. It's a fine balance between depth and speed. Yeah. Yeah. So really, I mean, you really have to find a good attorney and someone who specializes in real estate and also someone that you feel you can relate to. I guess our time is up. We're going to spend the next half hour with 
Stephen Conte, who is uh, an insurance expert. Peter is uh, Conte, and he'll be right back. He'll be on. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Don't miss the Salem Business Breakfast on April the 27th. Hear from an expert panel on all aspects of business. Gain invaluable insights that can't be found anywhere else. And you know it's happening on Wednesday, April the 27th. Back at the fabulous Chaconi Theater at the Bergen Community College in Paramus with legendary attorney Arthur Idala as moderator. Joe Piscopo and the AM970 morning team will be broadcasting live. A gourmet breakfast from DR Catering will be served, so bring lots of business cards to enter for several great prizes. You'll come away with information, contacts, and motivation to grow your business. That's April the 27th at the fabulous Chaconi Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus, New Jersey, with legendary attorney Arthur Idala as moderator. Hear from an expert panel on all things uh, related to business. Entry is free, but you must register online at am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. The Salem Business Breakfast is sponsored by Magna Flood Inc., lighting your way. Hi, Jerry Hickey here. And Amanda Williams. And welcome to the Invite Health Buy One Get One Free Spring Sales Event. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. This is a good time to talk with one of our nutritionists about Greens HX, supplying fruits and vegetables along with healthy probiotics and energy herbs. Just one of the many products you can double up on during the Spring Buy One Get One Free Sales Event. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional Seven days a week. For Invite Health's buy one, get one free spring event, call 800-459-2272. That's 800-459-2272. Visit invitehealth.com for product information and retail locations near you. Take advantage of Invite's limited time buy one, get one free spring event. Call 800-459-2272. That's 800-459-2272. Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health. Get healthy, stay healthy. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be the sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour here on AM 970. Get thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Choose from a wide selection of trim levels in either front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, all featuring the flexibility of third-row seating. And you'll be sure to find just the right Mitsubishi Outlander for you during the spring sales event going on now. Take advantage of special financing or special lease rates on every new 2022 Outlander. Some conditions apply. See Freehold Mitsubishi for details. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com. That's FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and boy, does time fly when you're going fast. I'm Dottie Herman. Um, we're expecting uh, Peter Conte from Honig, Conte, and Perino. Is he on the line, or am I waiting for him? <laughs> Hi, Dottie. Can you hear me? 
Oh, yes, I can. And I, I, you know, they just didn't let me know. But you're usually always on time. And we haven't heard you for a while. So I am anxious to ask you a lot of questions. How are you, number one? Everything good? I'm happy to be here. Happy to be back. Yeah, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really very good. I just can't believe what's going on in real estate, and I can't really believe what's going on in the world. It's a very kind of horrible thing, and it just uh, gets to me. It's kind of, I was saying in the beginning of the show, that it it was like when 9-11 happened, where, you know, for days after, I was just so stunned because it was so surreal because we would never, ever even think that something like that could ever happen. It, it just wasn't in my reality, at least. And this isn't in my reality either. It's just to see a madman just slaughter people, kids and children. I mean, they're just... So we, we pray a lot, and I just just really want to see, yeah. you know, donating yeah. a lot, whatever we can do. Um, but we were talking about houses, and, um, you know, obviously with insurance, you know, there. You know, we always ask, "Well, what's enough insurance?" Is never enough. Uh, but when you insure, you know, when you insure a house, what are what are really kind of the things that people should first look at? Like, you know, when they're deciding on like how much insurance should they take? Sure. So a lot of it's all uh, when there's a mortgage. A lot of it is determined by the mortgage company and how much the loan is actually for. So other than that, it would be a per square foot replacement cost. And typically those, the carriers have tons of information and every carrier we go to, if you call me up and you want insurance on this house, I will plug the address into the first carrier and I will get a number. And then I usually check about four to five carriers for every insured that calls me. And then I'll take an average of the replacement cost. If it's not in Manhattan, in Manhattan, I can tell you that replacement costs per square foot on average are 300 to $500. Um, but on the high-end carriers like Chubb, AIG, Pure, Nationwide Private Client, they're coming in at 600 to $1,000 per square foot. So a lot of that rebuilding cost that, insureds are looking for, most of that question can be solved by actually just using a, a, an insurance broker that is knowledgeable of the area. And that's why it's so important to have a local insurance broker working on your, working on your policy because they have more information and they know what, what is going on more so in that market. I mean, also inflation is driving building costs up. So right now, you have to have specific endorsements on your policy to make sure that you do get your house fully rebuilt if something were to happen to it. Right. I mean, because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you, you need the replacement value of the house, you know. And then as far as your furnishings and that, that's up to you, I would, you know, assume if you have. But uh, that you, you want to know that you have a house, and I've seen a lot of houses, especially with Sandy, and I was on Long Island then, and God, mm-hmm. the houses were gone, just devastated. So, you know, we're getting into spring market, and I don't know that the spring is any busier than any other time. I think everything is busy all the time now. It never stops. Um, but generally, mm-hmm. it used to be spring was a, 
a good market because they people would say, okay, by the time my house closes, it'll be summer, and then my kids will be off, and they'll start school in September. Um, but as we get into the spring market, what are what are what are some of the things that are common things that people should know about that that happen to homeowners and that cause losses? Sure. So the most important thing is we're just about headed into rainy season. And what's important about that is flood insurance is still really important for people to get. We made it through hurricane season and uh, we had, what was it, Storm Ida on September 1st here in the city. And that caused a whole bunch of devastation. But we're seeing a lot more hundred year storms every year. So people should get ready for rainy season to make sure that there is that they do have flood insurance and take a look at take a look at the rating maps. Take a look at that. The FEMA just came out with a whole new update last October to the flood maps. And those flood maps also it doesn't when it comes to these big storms, even in low risk areas, you there is still a high risk. I saw a statistic uh, yesterday, it said between 2014 and 2018, 40% of all flood insurance claims came from low-risk areas. So no one, no one is completely out of the woods when it comes to a flood loss, and that's what people should be uh, when it comes to buying a house. Look for something up on a hill. You know, the highest house typically has the worst, uh, has the best, you know, chance of not being flooded out the people down the hill that really need to uh, take a look more so at their policies, though. Now, let me ask you something, because I always will, I always have problems getting insurance because, now I'm not on the water, I'm about a mile away from the ocean, maybe a mile, little, maybe a little mile, probably about a mile. Um, so, if, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it would have to be something that was really devastating for the if to come that far, um, although, you know, um, you know, we're built on sand. Uh, how hard is it for people who live close to the water, especially if you're on the water, to get insurance? So it's not hard anymore. With the with the new flood maps that came out in October, um, FEMA also came out with uh, 2.0 flood rating. And this system that they came out with is so easy to use. I was able to write someone a flood policy on Fire Island the other day. And, you know, if you're not from New York, Fire Island is on the bottom of Long Island. And it is is surrounded. There's the ocean and then there's the bay. There's completely surrounded by water. But Um, there's no way to get there. You have to take a ferry to get there. And there's no cars on that island. You have to take what they call a water taxi. Okay, there's no cars allowed on the island. You can't get there by car. So here's Europe's exactly right. It's completely on its own. So you mean you can even get, you know, I would just think that's all hard to get. So the the flood rating 2.0 lowered rates for people in high-risk zones and kind of increased rates more so for people in ex-flood zones, which is a very low flood rating. And it balances out the portfolio and it makes it more affordable for people in those places because other other than that, theme essentially, Dottie, probably by the time I'm an old man, 
I'm not quite sure Fire Island will still be there. So there's almost a guaranteed loss on that island. So you can imagine how well, you mean to tell me because I know people have houses that you t- you think the whole thing is going to go under. I mean, you know, with climate not change that you're and all a prophet. that. I, I, I mean, no, no, look, you're not. No one, yeah. in, uh, other than the man upstairs, knows knows. No one knows for sure. But I, I'm just saying, look, I I saw things happen. I mean, years ago, I watched in the Hamptons, and I I didn't have a house there then, um, but I watched the water from the ocean come up so high across the roads and the, the, the and then the, the water from the sound came over from the other side and mm-hmm. houses, I saw houses floating in the water, just floating away. Okay. Exactly. So, you know, it could happen. It doesn't, it's not, a, you know, something that happens, but, but, you know, I don't know how many of the, those people couldn't even get to their houses because they were in the water. They floated away, and the roads there were covered with water. You couldn't even drive there. So, I mean, especially in those areas, you needed. But you're saying that it's come down quite a bit because I know I don't even live. I mean, I think a mile is pretty far. But um, mm-hmm. and I was having a hard time. You're saying that that's kind of over. It won't be that hard. Yeah. So people you should definitely be able to get insurance now. And and another important note is there are private flood carriers entering the market because they see a potential to make money on flood policies. So these private flood carriers are actually offering a coverage called temporary living expense on the on the flood policy. So what that means is if your house or home becomes unlivable because of a flood and it then that carrier will pay for you to live somewhere else while your home is remedied. So that is a super important coverage. And when we're talking about houses just getting lifted up and carried away, you need you need an, another place to hang your head, especially I can't stress this coverage enough. When, when an insured calls me up and I hear kids playing in the background, I want to make sure that they have more than enough temporary living expense coverage just so that, their kids will have a place that they can call home while their house is being rebuilt. I, you know, that's one of the most important coverages I sell to families to make sure that they can continue living somewhat a normal life after something absolutely devastating happens. That that um, concept of normalcy is really important, I feel. Okay, uh, we're going to be back in five minutes. I want to finish up, and I want to ask you one more question, a couple more questions, if you could stay on the line. We're going to continue yeah. talking about insurance with Mr. Conti. We'll be right back after a quick commercial break. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, 
Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com, connecting you with new customers. Are you unhappy with your Medicare supplement plan? Are you paying too much for doctors or drugs? Did you know that you don't need to wait for the annual enrollment period to switch plans? You heard me right. With Chapter, you can apply to switch your Medicare supplement plan whenever you want. Chapter is a free service that helps you make sure you are on the right Medicare plan for your needs. Chapter searches thousands of options to find the plan that best suits your specific health care needs and could save you thousands of dollars each year. Because health care should be your choice, not a bureaucrat's decision. Whether you're already enrolled in a Medicare supplement plan or you're new to Medicare, call Chapter and make sure your choice is the right choice. It could be the last call you ever need to maximize your Medicare benefits. The service is free, so call today. Call 800-404-0155, 800-404-0155, Who doesn't love a great dry-aged ribeye steak or a scrumptious, juicy leg of lamb? You know, cooked to perfection the way a fine restaurant serves it. You can't seem to match that great flavor of a fine restaurant steak at home, can you? Well, now you can. It starts with the quality of the cut. The answer is clear. Pat LaFreda Meat Purveyors, operating in the New York, New Jersey area, supplying fine restaurants for 100 years. LaFreda supplies over 1,600 fine restaurants daily with flawless perfection. LaFreda serves the country's best chefs and restaurants. You can now have all the same cuts of beef, pork, and poultry delivered directly to your home from an iconic meat purveyor operating since 1922. Visit them at LaFreda.com and try America's best meat l-a-f-r-i-e-d-a dot com continuing with eye on real estate your premier source for real estate information here's the host of eye on real estate the vice chair of douglas elliman Dottie herman we're back and we're talking to peter conti from konick um konick um from konick conti and perino i got that and I should know that by now. You've been on the show so much. Uh, and we're talking about insurance. And, you know, listen, you can insure and insure and insure. And I, I was just asking, you know, how much insurance is really enough. And when you're looking at a home, uh, and remind me, I have to call you. Um, I'll probably call you probably Monday because I have to up my insurance. I kind of did a lot of work on it, and it's uh, probably worth a lot more than it was. Uh, so uh, I need to call to have a higher insurance put on that. But now let me ask you something. Like, would the, the price is escalating the way they have. I mean, I've seen prices double. I mean, I can't even tell you what I'm seeing with prices. So if, if, if a person had a house, and so let's say you bought it 20 years ago and you paid a small amount of money for it. Well, it wasn't small then, but, you know, things appreciate. And say you paid... Five hundred thousand for it, and now it's worth nine fifty. Or you paid three hundred thousand, and now it's worth seven hundred. 
Um, should you be upping your insurance? So that's a great point. So most policies come with what's called an inflation guard on there. And that inflation guard will gradually, over the years, increase the coverages on the policy to keep up with inflation. So typically, if you buy a policy that's the right premium or the right coverage initially, you should be good within a couple years down the road. Now, with things happening with inflation going on in the world right now where you know, I heard you and Ace talking before. What he paid $140 for a tank of gas. So I know it's ridiculous. It used to be 60. Exactly. So when it comes to rebuilding your home, all those little costs add up to, especially on all of the materials, and the labor becomes more expensive. So the the cost of rebuilding the home does increase. So yes, every. Every three to five years, it's really important to review your coverages with your, with your insurance agent just to make sure that with what happened in the world and in the insurance industry is that your policy has kept up with that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really important point, Dottie. That's great. And definitely we should talk yeah. about Monday, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, because that's really yeah. Because I, I I did so much work to my house, and I you know uh, during the pandemic I was there, so um, and I, I I didn't increase my insurance, and I know that if God forbid something happened to my house, that I would be out a lot of money to replace it. But when you have replacement costs, which means obviously to all our listeners, if you're something, you know, your house gets blown away or something, you know, it gets flooded or whatever, that they can replace the house. How do they calculate how much it would cost to replace a house? Like, how do they come up with the numbers? Do they look at the market and say, oh, this house is worth X amount of money? Or, or how do they, mm-hmm. how does how do the insurance sure. come up with a number? So we have this, the carriers have, a lot of data, uh, and that helps because they're rebuilding houses all day long, and they're working with builders, so they see these numbers. But we have this huge calculator in most of the insurance company systems that you can plug in how tall are the, how high are the ceilings, 10 feet high, what are they made of, you know, is it a popcorn ceiling, is it a drop ceiling, is it stucco, is it, are the walls, you know, drywall, are they painted, is there wainscoting? How how detailed are the fixtures? And we plug all of this information in, and you take into account geography and the cost of materials in that area that the carrier knows. And that we don't know. We don't have that list from them. But after we plug all of these aspects into the calculator, then we will come up with a replacement cost number. And these are, you know, like I said before, they're different for every carrier, and every carrier is going to spit out a different number. And that's why, you know, you should review it, and you should come to an average at the end of the day that the insured and the insurance agent is both comfortable with. And I say insurance agent because when people try and buy policies that don't cover them well enough, I lose sleep at night knowing that someone may not be able to rebuild their home if there is if there is a loss on that home so that's my, <laughs> my goal is to insure everyone so i can sleep well at night knowing that they're taken care of 
Yes. No, I'll listen. You wouldn't be in business so long. I mean, you've been in business a long time, and you have a wonderful reputation. I wouldn't even have you here. I think you're probably one of the best and honest. And, you know, I think some people worry about insurance and say, gee, you know, I mean, I hope the guy's not, you know, make me do too much. But now, when we replace a home, it doesn't cover the contents. So that would be separate, correct? Like if you wanted Absolutely to insure right. furniture and, and stuff like that. And that number, I cannot come up with. That is that is where the insured comes in. I need, I need to, and that's where that relationship comes in. I need to work with the insured. I need them to feel comfortable with me to tell me that, oh, they have a sofa from Wayfair or West Elm or their bed was custom designed in in Canada or someplace really expensive that makes bed. I don't beds. I don't know. And with that, then we can start to talk about how much personal property coverage we should have because, you know, if if something happens, don't. And you it depends. I mean, if you if you if, if maybe your furniture isn't that great, you might not want to mm-hmm. get too much. Maybe you say just enough for the bare essentials. But if you have special things that are that are very costly, you might want to do that and as far as replace it and like and i just asked this question because uh i know what i pay for landscaping i have hedges and stuff and so you know when that's all blown away i mean (laughs) is you know what do you just feel that that's kind of well you know what at least your house is good at least you you could build a new house but you also might need a place to live. So if you have relatives, you think you could stay with that's one thing. But if you don't, you have to look at that. Because I remember with Sandy, uh, I was on Long Island. We were out of power for, I think, a couple of weeks. And um, I tried to get into a hotel, but they were just impossible. They were just filled. You couldn't. So, you know, I would sneak into this. They had this, um, like it was a long-term, like, you know, rentals long-term that people would say we're going to be in here for two months or something. So they had a lobby, and in the lobby they had hot coffee and stuff. So I just pretend that I was in that place because everybody was in the lobby. They would come out of their rooms, they had food, and I would go in there and charge my phone, okay, and stuff like that. Um, because, you know, you, you know, you could be out a long time. So... You know, I don't want to say to overdo it, but I think that Steve is a good uh, that is a good uh, thing to really call you. I said to call you Steve, and I'm thinking of Stephen Ebert, Peter, <laughs> to call you. You know what? You know, there's so many people that I know, and so many people that come into my life. Half the people I'm saying hello to, I know them. But I forget, you know, their names. It's just been a lot. And I'm in Florida now. And I might as well be in New York because everyone from New York is here. <laughs> or have been here and leave. Okay, everyone. I, I feel like I'm in a mini New York. And I looked at the housing here, and the housing in Florida is crazy too. Okay? I mean, it's just, you know, there's no inventory. So, and and, and I, I think that when when you... Look at insurance, you know, look at what you're comfortable with, but I really suggest that they call someone like you because I can give you my word that Peter is honest, 
um, and he won't steer you wrong. And that's really what you want. Someone that you have a relationship with, someone that will give it to you straight, doesn't try to oversell insurance, and tries to make you comfortable with what you feel is good for you. And before you go, Peter, how does somebody get in touch with you? Sure, absolutely. Uh, you can find us online at honigconti.com, and that's H-O-N-I-G-C-O-N-T-E.com, or you can call our main office number, 212-777-7113, and we have a whole team of people waiting to pick up your call, but if you just ask for Peter, then I will be happy to jump on the phone with you. Thank you so much, Peter, and you have a good, good weekend. You too, Dottie. I look forward to talking to you All right. I'll speak to you soon. Yes, you will. So that was very interesting. And as I said, the inventory in real estate, I've never, I've been in the business 30 years at least, I think since I was a kid. And I've never seen it like this. Um, And I think the pandemic had part to do with it. But um, I also think it's the millennials who are also home buyers and they believe, in, and they're of age to buy homes, and that's the largest buying audience. I mean, that's the biggest generation of buyers are the millennials. So let me give you a quick tip. If you're selling your house, and not always, but there's a likelihood that it's going to be a millennial buyer that has a family or something of that nature, remember that what they like. Because, you know, everyone goes, oh, you have to see my house, Daddy. It's so great. It's this and that. And obviously, it might be great to them, and maybe the house is nice, but sometimes people are very visual, and they can't see past what something could be. And if you like, say, French provincial, and I like modern, if you have a lot, you know, they might, you know, buyers might not like that. So my suggestion when you're selling a house, first of all, take as much stuff out that you can because it makes the rooms look bigger, So if you have, like, a lot of furniture, kind of take some out, put it in storage, or give it to a relative to keep for you. Make sure you have all the windows washed so they sparkle. Okay, go through the house and paint everything a neutral color. Rip up bad rugs. Have the floors waxed, and you'll be set to go. You'll make a lot more money if you do that. Take my advice, and I guarantee you'll make a lot more money than if you leave it as it is. Have a great weekend. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Bye now. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.